Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Travel and Tourism Podcast, my first season. My guest today's name has come up before on this podcast, so it's nice to finally sit down and talk to him. He worked for Club Med from 2013 to April of 2023, and his first season was in Club Med Sandpiper as team club manager. Before Club Med, he was working for Disney Cruises, and before that, he was a teacher. He was also a sports and animation manager, and he helped create a new position in Club Med in 2018 in Columbus Isle called Chief Happiness Manager. And if you know me, you know that I need to know all about this position. From St. Louis, please help me welcome the one and only Lance Weinhart. Hey, Lance, how are you, sir? Hey, Greg, I'm doing very well. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much to, for agreeing to come on because uh, your name, like I said, has come up. So it's it's nice to meet uh, someone, you know, who was uh, already working for Club Med for 10 years like me. And that came so highly recommended from other uh, ex-Geos. Oh, yeah, man. I, nothing but love to everybody out there. And then also, I've, you know, I've listened to your podcast even before uh, you invited me. So it's actually nice to kind of, you know, jump on the podcast and, you know, just talk about what I've been up to. <laughs> Yeah, no, that would that would be great because you've had uh, quite the uh, storied career, my friend. Looking at your your village list, uh, I mentioned in your intro you you were working for for Disney Cruises. I always wondered what it was like, you know, working for cruise ships. You know, you liked working aboard Disney Cruises, correct? I did like working on the Disney cruise ship. I found it very difficult at first. It is a brand new experience being out of the United States. In that time, type of work ethic, type of lifestyle, you know, you're living on the ship with the international crew. You don't know what to expect. It's just uh, very overwhelming. But I grew to love that work ethic and the people around me, which is that international crew. It's just uh, yeah, working on that cruise ship. It's, it's pretty difficult, but uh, it made me stronger at the end of it. And also, I was never a Disney person in my life. I was mostly Dis- uh, Looney Tunes and, you know, Marvel, you know, like cartoons Whoa, like that. Really? It was, okay. Yeah, you, yeah. Just, you just said two of my favorite things. So I, 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 <laughs> okay. I, had, I had a feeling we should be best friends, Lance. Yeah, you said <laughs> oh, Looney Tunes. So basically, you like Bugs Bunny and, and Marvel, right? So same yeah, as yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. Oh, so yeah. If you get me on Marvel, we're not we're not going to talk about Club Med anymore. <laughs> okay. Well, I do have another uh, podcast. It's a pop culture one. So maybe we'll have you on that one. <laughs> oh, we got to get on that. No worries. <laughs> okay. All right. Sorry. Sorry, listeners. But yeah, he, you know, it, I, I just got derailed there, but I'm going to try and get, <laughs> not talk about Bugs Bunny the next hour. Uh, okay. But I was saying I was always that kind of kid uh, growing up, uh, more action and fun and playing around. So I was never Disney kid. But when I worked on that Disney cruise ship for a year, I really appreciated the, um, that culture of Disney fans, that fandom. And I got to learn all the movies, the songs, and it made me a better performer and uh, just a better professional at the end of it. Do you have a favorite Disney movie now that you uh, to appreciate? Yeah, it's got to be The Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Tim Burton? Is that is that Disney? Burton, I didn't know that. It's a Disney <laughs> movie. Yeah, a lot of people no, it, don't realize. Yeah. You know, I've never seen it. Oh, it's it's awesome. This it's, is Halloween. Uh, this is Halloween. Is that song from there? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's, uh, I I love the the main character. Yeah. Uh, Jack, what's his name Jack's, again? Jack Skellington. Oh, that's right. What what yeah. did they have you do? Uh, what was your job on the Disney cruise? I got on board because of my education background as a um, counselor. You know, somebody to watch the kids is like the kids club and club med type of thing. 
but it had an opportunity once you get on board to audition for the improv characters. So it was called a, a what was it called? Like a, a host. So that was the only reason I agreed to work on the Disney cruise ship was the opportunity to be a performer. It wasn't the big main shows. I wasn't Aladdin or Peter Pan. I wasn't Mickey Mouse, you know, you know, the mascot costumes. It was improv characters. So the cruise ships have their own designated characters only for the cruise ships. So I did maybe five or six different type of shows a day for the kids and the adults, like a family show. So I would be one moment chef and I would cook cookies and cupcakes with kids. And I would be this chef from France and I would have a big costume. I would put my face in different ways. Another time I was a detective, you know, solving a mystery with all the kids following me around the ship. I was a pirate one time and I, <laughs> they didn't know I was, I, I like to tap dance. So I had my tap dance shoes. So I was a tap dancing pirate crab for some weird reason one week. So it's just, I had the opportunity to change my characters, my names for all the characters I did to do these shows. So all those Peter Pans, they used to see me. They had to be Peter Pan no matter what, all the time. They couldn't go off script, but they see me and I'm just doing my own thing. And it was very freeing to have that kind of character position. When you said you were improving as a chef, I was so hoping you would you were going to say the Swedish chef from the Muppets. God, I love that guy. I, that okay. it drifted off in my yeah. I I was playing around <laughs> with a lot of characters, but I didn't think the kids would even know who the Swedish chef was. You know, what? So was kids like, don't okay. know who the Muppets are these days. Uh, oh. They know the Muppets. Uh, it's just that <laughs> character, and probably I couldn't even pull it off. So. <laughs> oh, I, I have that song memorized, so maybe mm. we'll trade later. I'll do that song. And if you do one of your improv characters, we'll make a deal by the end of this interview. <laughs> I, I don't mind singing the song. Okay. Got you, got you. Now, while you were on board Disney Cruises, is it true that you and your roommate at the time on Disney Cruises both applied to Club Med? That is correct. I got to know Eric Catlett, and he was such a nice guy. He was on the cruise ship before I was as a youth counselor with the kids clubs. And uh, he just, you know, brought me in. He showed me around. And at this time, this was Lance before Club Med, before the cruise ships. I was very, I was a recluse. I was very shy. I was an introvert. I still am a little bit, but I, I was very just alone and I didn't really need to talk to anybody. I didn't need that. All I wanted to do was to live outside the U.S., try to make a living. And I wanted to be an actor. So I was just so focused. And I think he noticed that, you know, I didn't really get along. Well, I got along with everybody. It's just, I think he noticed that maybe I needed a, a little help here and there. So as my roommate, of course, we got along so well. And we were both looking to get off the cruise ship after a year working. And we were looking for jobs and we were telling our co-workers the same thing and one of our co-workers worked at the Lindemann Island uh one club med when it was still around in Australia really? and she yeah she offered to or no she didn't offer she asked us if we'd like to check out club med and me and him had no clue what she was talking about I really thought it was a retirement home I thought it was club medicine I didn't know what it was so she said take a look on the website and I did then we both applied the same time together 
And we both had an interview offered to us at the same time. Since we were on the cruise ship, we couldn't really do much uh, phone calls at certain times or we couldn't travel to meet anybody. So they offered to do a Skype interview. And we we both did the Skype interview in the in our bedroom, uh, like little bunk bed cruise ship room. And we all and we both had like tuxedos on. <laughs> wow, so you really, dre- these... you, really, you really dressed up for this interview. Okay. Well, it's, <laughs> it was half and half because okay. we <laughs> we wanted to look good for the interview one. And it was the same day. It was the um, the port day where the guests embark. So we were scheduled to be the greeters of that day. So we wore these white, you know, cruise director suits with white Mickey Mouse gloves to wave at people as they come in. So we were just head to toe in white tuxedo outfits. And she gets on the interview and she's like, wow, you guys really look impressive. You know, <laughs> we knew we looked kind of ridiculous, but it was kind of funny. It, I, it actually reminds me of the Step Brothers movie because years later when that movie came out, that was like, oh, we look like the the brothers trying to do an interview in tuxedos. Oh, so. yeah, that's right. Where one was sitting behind the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, yeah, and somehow, so you both ace the interview, you both get the job, and they both send you to Sandpiper, correct? Yep. We both got hired for the kids' clubs because of our backgrounds, and we both arrived in Sandpiper, and we actually had some suits on. (laughs) What? Wait a minute. You arrived wearing wearing a suit? Yeah, yeah. We both had, it wasn't like tuxedo suits. It was just like very head-to-toe, very well-dressed. It's funny because back in my in my day, they they warned you like people would warn you, do not wear a suit for your interview, do not show up at the you know because you have to look like you know, hey, I'm easy going, you know, I can yeah, go anywhere. Yeah. So so you showed up uh, like nicely dressed. Okay. It was nicely dressed. It wasn't it wasn't anything like up you know like snooty or like oh look at us like we're dressed. It was just like we felt overdressed when we arrived <laughs> yes, because yes. we saw. We saw everybody greet us and we were like looking at each other like, oh, man, uh, we probably overdid it. Yeah, so, you lost, we, so you saw a lot of Crocs and cargo shorts, I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, there, yeah. There well, we came you. from okay. the Disney cruise ship and we dressed up so much, you know, it was very elegant style and very professional company. And we were like, OK, we got to you know, keep this going. <laughs> and <laughs> nice. then so our our manager at the time, her name was Devin. And I love Devin so much. She's she was so great. Mini club manager. And we get out and she starts laughing and we start laughing because I think we both knew we're like very like overly dressed. And, you know, I'm not trying to cuss on your podcast, but the first words from our manager as we stepped out, she's like, what the F are you guys wearing? And starts laughing. So it kind of made us actually not uncomfortable actually the opposite it made us more comfortable because it was like it was that kind of banter kind of fun you know attitude so yeah oh that's I'm, well i'm glad to see in, in 2013 you know you know nothing had really changed because i for, for a minute there i thought they told you there was a dress no, code when, when you no. arrived or someone was playing a very very good prank on you no nah, we were <laughs> just those those two guys that we just wanted to did you, did you think you were going to get sent to Sandpiper or, or didn't really care? Like, um, like you, you just wanted to work somewhere. So it didn't, it didn't bother you because you know, the old joke is that American, American geos, you know, get hired at club med. They're like, they're thinking Caribbean Bahamas and then you're going to Sandpiper. Not <laughs> at all. Okay. I think, I think it was the opposite for me. 
I was excited to be hired in Florida. I was more excited because I saw I saw a few of the places online that they had different locations, but I was kind of discouraged because there one of the stipulations for traveling was speaking French. And, you know, I was like, I'd never been out of the U.S. before in my life. And also, I was just grateful to go anywhere in the world. Like I, I told a lot of people, it was just like at the time I was just trying to find a home. Honestly, I was just trying to find work, trying to make a living and and trying to figure out who I was, you know, I, what I wanted to do. So I thought this was the best stepping stone to figure that out. Well, in Sandpiper's defense, like on, you know, when you're not working on your day off, you can actually see a movie so, and, yeah, go shop, yeah. and go shopping. You could have a car. So in that regard, Sandpiper yeah. stands above all the others where, you know, yeah. you can't even get a newspaper. <laughs> well, it was, a, it was another great experience. I got to live in Florida and I didn't think I would do that. So you, and, you want another, you want a funny story about it, me working yes. in Sandpiper? My first yes. story. <laughs> yeah, please, please, man, hit me. <laughs> My first season. So this is about working in Florida. I was very determined to keep busy. So I wanted to have a job on my day off. So oh God. I I love performing. I love to be, you know, characters and I love sports. So I contacted the Miami Dolphins when I knew that they were doing uh, auditions for, you know, like a the flag runners on the field and mascots and stuff. Unfortunately, I couldn't do the mascot, but I got hired to do like a MC guy, you know, outside in the parking lots to pump up the crowd to like throw stuff out and then also be on the field to do the flags and hype people up, you know, by the touchdown areas. So on my day off, I asked my manager if I can have Sundays off just so I can drive all the way to Miami just for the game and only get paid 40 bucks or 50 bucks, whatever it was. And of course I had a, I rented a car, I bought gas, so I was losing money, but it was just that opportunity to like do something on my day off just to keep myself, I don't know, busy or experienced. I'm sorry, sorry, Lance, (laughs) I'm going to cut you off here. I can't believe what I'm hearing. So many questions. Okay. Wait a minute. All right. So (laughs) you wanted, you're the only geo has ever said this in the history of geo. So you wanted (laughs) You know, in the old days, there was no day off. So you said, you know, yeah, what? Yeah, I, yeah. I just want to keep working. Okay, let me get so let me get this straight. I'm I'm Canadian, but I, I know all about American tailgate parties. So you're saying you were yeah. seeing tailgate parties, yeah, where yeah. People are sometimes rowdy, depending on who who the visiting team is, and uh, and then okay, then you go. So yes, you rent the you rent the car, the gas, all at your own expense. And how long's the drive roughly from Sandpiper to Miami? Uh, it's about at least an hour and fifty minutes, about an hour and forty five, something like that. Okay. Yeah. And, oh, it and, was. And, and I your manager ag- agreed to this. She said, "Yep, no problem." I yeah. At the manager at the time, it wasn't Devin. It was uh, because uh, the other manager actually came back. But I talked to him, and I had to really, really convince him because he couldn't believe it either. I th- I think he thought I was lying, maybe <laughs> like well, so yeah. I could just party with some friends on Sundays. Yes, but yes, I told exactly. him, I said, "Man, this is dead serious." I said, "I got this job, and you know, like who who gets to work for the NFL? You know, like just." for fun on the, you know, every week, of course I couldn't keep this up. So about halfway through the season, I, you know, I told them, I said, I got guys, I can't do this anymore. So, but they understood and it, it wasn't like a serious contracted job. It was just something fun. And they saw my talent to provide energy for people. So 
I was just like, I just can't keep losing money on my day off. So, okay. Okay. Well, okay. so I thought you were going to say because of the, uh, the amount of work involved and, 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 no. the, uh, you know, the constraints on your time, but really no, no, it was, no. it was a money issue that you stopped. It, yeah. I couldn't, oh my God. I couldn't okay. keep renting cars and buying gas. Oh it, it got to a point I was like, what am I doing? There's so many old, old school geos right now. I know like shaking your head in disbelief that you wanted another job on top of the already hard job that you had. Yeah, okay. I still do. I still, I still need that. See, this is a, this is a fun <laughs> fact. I was explaining to you before the interview, there's fun facts everyone leaves out. So this, yeah, you failed to tell me this. Okay. Oh yeah. I, I, this is an incredibly I, yeah. fun fact. Interesting. It fact just popped up. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh my God. Okay. All right. I don't know where we go from there, uh, but thank mm. you for sharing that because yeah, no uh, that is wild. Hello. <laughs> okay. And uh, did you tell jokes? Sorry, I have to go back to this. Did you tell jokes? How are you emceeing these, um, you know, uh, happy uh, tailgaters? Like, oh man, the tailgate. Did you ever, did you ever get did you ever get heckled? Uh, I wouldn't emcee as like somebody trying okay. to so, tell stories or like jokes okay. or anything. No, it was more like blast some music and you know shout on the mic are you guys ready for football da, 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 and just throw t-shirts and beads and i had a big group around me and these guys around me i i was just one on this little team of like say 10 guys and these guys have been doing this type of job for over like 10 years and they were like ex-college football players so was, i'm this little guy around like 10 like big guys so of course i don't think the crowd's gonna like heckle all these like big guys shouting okay. <laughs> we're just like we're we're being like you know like these strong guys like you know like so i the crowds didn't get to us it was just funny that i was the guy chosen for the microphone because i had microphone experience from the past and i think the other guys just wanted just to have fun you know probably have a drink <laughs> i don't know well yeah and you probably never made the mistake of i guess telling them where you're from so they couldn't make fun of your your team uh who's your oh, NFL team again from st louis the st louis rams that's it right the was, rams so, it was so, so so you probably never dropped that that little nugget on on the mic right so no so, no, no okay good, good good funny fact i was the rams mascot for one preseason game that's why oh. i was interested oh. to do nfl like oh uh, you were yeah, I was out of college okay. and I was doing my substitute teaching and I was like, oh, you know, I was a mascot for my college. That's why. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. What was your mascot called? Uh, I was a Viking. Okay. Yeah. It was the Missouri right. Valley Vikings. All right. This is so interesting. We haven't got through Sandpiper yet. Okay. Yeah, uh, no, no, no. This is, no, no. This is all gold. You're spinning gold here, Lance. Do you know this? <laughs> <laughs> but what, uh, okay. So your first season, did you make any like first season mistakes? You get any culture shock? Did you fit in right away? Did you understand everything? Mm. Did you know what crazy signs were? Did anyone tell you? Not at all. I, <laughs> that was my culture shock. It was the culture of club med being around international people or doing the, the, the work no problem it was the the club med culture i did not know what it was and it freaked me out the first night because my manager they were, they said come uh you know go go to your room unpack have dinner together and then you two guys come to the bar and see what we do at night i was like okay we get to the bar and uh, they started doing crazy signs and i i look at my friend eric and i look at him and i said man I think, I think I'm going to go <laughs> like, I, I was like, I think I'm going to quit. That's how <laughs> I don't, I was half playing around, but 
half, I was like, it just, I just didn't know what, what was going on. And if I could put on a charade like that, but I was half playing. So we were, you know, we were at the bar, we were talking to all the, the GOs. Cause of course they want to know our story, but the next day, you know, we get in the crowd of geos. We start doing the, the dancing and I'm feeling good because I'm a dancer. I love dancing. And it's not like showing off dance. It's not, I'm a choreographer dancer. It's just, I just love music and I love dancing. And I see the people around me and the guests around me just having a good time. So I kind of ease into it. And then the next day I'm on the stage. And then the week later, you know, I'm, I'm leading the crazy sign, not on the microphone, but that, eventually like a couple of weeks later i am on the microphone and i continuously do that so i just kind of found that niche that they were looking for they needed somebody with no shame to be on the mic and dress up in costumes and our first night we saw that crazy sign but then the choreographer fernando <laughs> he asked us to come to the rehearsal that night and this is our first night at club med and I said, yes, because that was the only reason I accepted to be in Club Med so I can do the shows. So I did the the rehearsal and he asked me, he's like, Lance, I saw you do the crazy sign. Can you do a Michael Jackson? And I was like, oh, yeah. And then I did it. And the whole GO team, they're like, OK, he's going to do Michael Jackson for sure. So I just kind of felt easy because they liked my energy and enthusiasm and that I wanted to participate. So uh, after that first night of like, where am I? I just kind of like, you know what? This is somewhere that maybe they need somebody like me. So I just felt comfortable after that. Well, at the beginning of the interview, you said you were somewhat shy and introverted. So the big difference we know between the, the cruise ships is uh, and Club Med, you are not allowed to eat with the guests on the cruise ships, but at yeah. Club Med you do. So yeah. did, did you find that at, at the beginning, like having to talk to all these strangers, uh, a bit overwhelming or is that something you just grew into? No, I, I didn't find it overwhelming at all. I just kind of, I, I just joined the lifestyle. I, I asked a lot of questions, what I can and cannot do. Cause I was terrified of losing my job. I did not want to get in trouble for anything. The difference between club med and wherever in the world, but especially Disney is the rules. I, on the interview for Club Med, I asked if I can do this, 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 this. I wanted to have fun. I wanted to eat with the guest. I wanted to drink with the guest. I wanted, well, I wasn't even a big drinker neither. I just wanted to socialize because you cannot do that on the cruise ships. You cannot be yourself. You have to be a character. So when I was in Club Med and I, I started asking everybody questions, I said, I can really be like shirtless in front of kids. If that was on Disney, I'd get fired immediately. You know, it was, but is that culture, that European culture is just like, no, you're not doing anything wrong. You're just, you're playing a character, you know, you're like, we were in the shows, you know, doing circus shows, or I was with the kids. I was the teen club supervisor. So they expected me to jump in the pool with the kids. If you're a Disney counselor, you can't do that. You can't be shirtless jumping in the pool. It's just, it just kind of blew my mind. So I, I just after two months of asking so many questions, I really, really found my my groove of what I could do. Uh, Lance, roughly how much time did you spend at Sandpiper? I spent one year and then I took a small break and then I did another half year, I believe. 
Okay, so is, was it because of all that time in a family village you requested Turks and Caicos or they sent you to Turks and Caicos? They sent season? me to Turks and Caicos, yeah. Okay, now did you know it was a singles resort? After working in Sandpiper, yes, I've heard about it. Okay, you're, okay. so you go there, chief of village, uh, chief of village is Julien Letraz. Yes. And uh, and you do both here. I think you do like your, your head of animation and sports, is that right? I, I started as, yeah, animation manager, and then it became eventually sports manager, then sports and animation manager both together during my time there. Okay, what was that like? It was great. Honestly, I love Turks. Um, when everybody asked me what my favorite village is, it's Turks and Caicos. I think because I've spent so much time there throughout the years, I know the island, uh, the lo the locals, and just that that environment. I mean, it's unbeatable. I think I do like the adults, you know, only kind of resorts where it's just very, very laid back, beautiful sand, beautiful water. And I've got memories. That's the biggest one, the memories. Any of those memories include Jojo the dolphin? It does. Yeah. I've swam with Jojo. I've seen Jojo pop out of the boat with my family and friends. So it's uh Jojo's a, a big part of it. Yeah. Oh, so he was nice enough to come when your family came to visit you. Yeah. That's... We were on a, we were on a sunset cruise and he just came out. Oh, nice. Yeah. You can recognize him for sure. All the scratches on him and everything like that. Yeah. Yeah. I can't believe like he was there my first season at 94. I can't believe mm -hmm. that. That mammal's still alive. Good Lord. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we should all live a legend so long. of Jojo. Yeah, yeah, we should all live as long as a dolphin. I think. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, uh, what, what can you tell me about that that season? Anything in particular? Um, any uh, anecdotes or oh, man, good memories? There's so many memories. <laughs> uh, there, I, honestly, it's just. And then sometimes I get the years mixed up. Sometimes I don't, I think it's maybe the first time I was there, but it was like the third time I was there because the memories just, it just mashes up together. Yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah. You did a total of, uh, yeah, the Turks three times. So yeah. uh, I guess you saw a lot of uh, like by your third time, you saw a lot of returning guests because um, other than Columbus yeah. Isle, I know that a lot, you get so many returning guests to Turks and Caicos. Yeah. The returning guests are a big part of the memories. It is. It's, it feels like family coming to see you. Uh, especially I don't come from a big family. So it's, you know, when I see all these, <laughs> these characters come back, it's just like, wow, you know, it just, it's a, it's a flood of memories and a uh, good feelings. And then they invite you to dinner and you, you actually sometimes invite them to dinner because you just know what to expect. And it's good times. I was going to say this club med uh, Turks is so popular. It has its own Facebook group started mm. by G GMs. Shout out Wendy West. She's one of the administrators. They have over yep. 10,000, 10,000 members. Are you a member of the group? I am. Yeah. I see. Yeah, okay. I see one day's posts uh, many times. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is crazy. This is not, not geos that started this it's, it's mm. GM. So that, you know, you won't see that any, anywhere else. So that's how much people love, love that, that club, yeah. med, that resort. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's for me. It's like family, like a one team. You know, this is the guests, it's the GOs, the GES, everybody all together. I, I know that we're there for the job. I know the guests are there for a vacation. But honestly, it's you know, I'm telling you, I'm telling everybody. Everybody knows the same thing. Club Med's different from any type of place. So, yeah. So how does it happen that? And I guess you know, it's really your your second season that somehow you you get to like japan your next uh, season so kind of an odd trajectory like they send you to sahoro now did you ask to go to uh, outside the zone to asia no not at all while i was in turks i was in the key key chief of manager position at the time 
So if they wanted me to con- continue to be a high level manager, actually, no, I'm I'm sorry. Let me backtrack. You can cut this part up. <laughs> no, no problem. No problem. It's all gold. <laughs> so, so I did not choose to go to Sahoro. I was a part of the key RDS. It's called uh, to be or actually key chief of village process. That's what it was. So they had a plan rollout for most of the girls and guys who wanted to be a chief of village. I actually didn't really want to be. I was just kind of pushed into all this. I guess they saw the potential. So they had me on this roadmap. And one of the things where you had to go out of the zone. So being in the Asia zone, it's a great experience. And right away, I said, yes, I didn't even think about it. You know, if they want to send me anywhere, I'm going to go. I was kind of, I didn't know that Japan had a club med in the mountains. <laughs> I've, I've never been to a ski resort in my life or mountains in my life. So they asked me to go to the summer summer season and it doesn't even snow. So I just, you know, there's a lot of questions going on, uh, but it was a great season and I'm so lucky I did it. I met so many great geos and uh, yeah, and I love Japan now. <laughs> okay yeah tell me tell me yeah tell me a bit about the chief of village jenny lee because I, I, I don't know this one where, where was she from is she from yeah China? jenny she, no jenny lee she's actually from south korea and south korea okay yeah south korea. yeah yeah okay uh, she must, and she then, must be one of the only korean chief of villages that i'm guessing right i believe so okay yeah. unless there's brand new ones I yeah because you yeah. left uh, in 2023 so yes there yeah so uh, any culture shock when you arrive to Asia? Like I know it's your first time in Asia. So yeah, the culture shock is big. It is the obvious ones. You can't really read the places that you're going to. It's hard to communicate. You know, now when I recently been to Japan, you have, you know, the applications on your phone and it's, it's a little bit easier, but at that time I had to learn a lot and they do a good job at club med to kind of help the internationals kind of learn. And then you're, tied in with a lot of international people who don't speak Japanese anyways. But it was just those little um, small details you had to figure out. Like if it gets cold, you know, I'm putting my hands in my pockets, you know, in my coat pocket walking. But while we were walking outside, one of the managers says, Lance, that's very disrespectful for your hands to be in your pockets. You know, I was like, what? And I thought maybe people are playing jokes on me because certain reasons, but I kind of, I fell for some things, I guess, but my biggest factor about who I am, I'm I'm very outside the box type of person. You know, I love common sense and I love just to have that freedom. But then there, I really, really had to try hard to conform. And that's difficult for me to conform because I love just doing what I feel is right. You know, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I don't want to hurt anybody. But if I do something small, I'm like, what's, you know, what's the problem? (laughs) You know, I I like to ask questions. I'm like, why can't I do this, guys? You know, so I had to follow some rules and that comes with, you know, doing the shows and the parties, you know, and I'm very outside the box. You know, I come from Turks and Caicos, you know, I want to do some crazy weird stuff. But luckily, you know, the chief of village, you know, they pretty much encourage that outside the box type of things. It's just working with the Japanese culture. You really, really want to be all you can be for them because they do a lot for you. It's called omotanashi. They really go out of their way to make other people feel comfortable and respected. So I learned that and I wanted to instill that and make sure that my team 
felt good about who I was because I was their manager. So, yeah. And I'm guessing the guy that wanted to have a part-time job along with his full-time job took it upon himself to learn Japanese. Uh, like you probably learned uh, mm-hmm. like at the end of the night or something, right? Like you probably started writing out maybe phrases, learning them phonetically at first. Is that, is that mm-hmm. how you, you started or did you start another way? That's how I started. Yeah, I, I repetition of the phrases, the most common ones. So I was, I felt like a robot, sort of, you know, repeating the same normal phrases that I know. Luckily, a lot of people don't know that Japanese is actually easier language in Asia zone to speak than others because, yes, you do, yeah, you don't need to go different tones to do different words. It's just very straightforward. They don't use a lot of description for phrases. It's just very simple. And I could get by with simple. So it was okay. Yeah. And was it because of your experience aboard uh, Disney Cruises that you got sent on the Club Med 2 in 2017? I think that was a big reason, yes. The funny thing was when we were all in Morocco, all the potential chief of village, uh, we did this whole like training throughout the week. And then the last night, the organizer for all the chief of villages where she designated everybody we did this dinner uh she stood everybody up and did a speech for everybody you know like this guy he's going to opio and everybody's clapping you know laughing and this and that and then they saved me for last and i'm like what is going on and she's like lance can you walk in a straight line for me and she's like okay i just wanted to test your balance because you're going back on a cruise ship you know and everybody's (laughs) like freaking out because like yeah if you can do the club med too you can do a lot of villages, you know, so it's it's a real big test on the club med too. Did you like and, it? Yeah, 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 for sure. It was it was a tough season for me. I'm not going to lie. And I did take a break after that season because I knew I did not want to be a chief of village. That was a kind of a test for me to even see if I really wanted that. And I do want it in some ways to have that responsibility and be that general manager, be that leader. But we don't have to get into that right now. But <laughs> no, 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 no. Every, everyone, you know, everyone has, their, you know, makes their own choice. And uh, yeah, you know, but uh, I did like it. It was wow. Wow. What an experience. It, it, it's beautiful, right? Because like, I always said when I was in Club Ed, I, I never wanted to go aboard. I never wanted to do this ship ever. I never asked for it until one day it was in the port of Bodrum and we were invited, you know, mm-hmm. to go aboard it. And I saw it for the first time in the flesh and I changed my whole view. Like, I couldn't believe how opulent it was. Well, uh, great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll I, tell you. I, 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 I changed my mind. You're like, I said, oh, I, I think I could do a season here because it, yeah. it was just so beautiful to me. So I don't know if you thought you thought that as well. Yes. Yes. I, you know, coming from a cruise ship, I was like, oh, I already did a cruise ship. I was being very, you know, not humble of myself at the moment because I was like, oh, I've already had that experience, you know. But no, I did not because I did the summer in the Mediterranean and it is amazing. Like You wake up every single day in a different port on a different island, a different country, and it looks like a Disney movie every day you wake up. It's like houses on these mountains and the most beautiful glistening water and the back of the ship opens up and you can do water ski with the geo teams. And I'm like, you go off port. I went to, I went to Rome. I went to Greece. I went to all these beautiful places that you see like on the desktop computer when it it does that screensaver. (laughs) I've been to these places. So I, 
I'm so lucky that I was the one chosen to do that. And I tell everybody that all the time. And the GO team that worked on that cruise ship, wow, they are, there's a reason that they all work on that ship because they are dedicated. They are so into being with the guests. They're funny. And you know what's funny? There is no day off on the cruise ships, any cruise ship in the world. So they are dedicated. Yeah. Well, they send you from one uh, beautiful location to another because then you go to my favorite place in the whole wide world where I did two and a half years, Columbus Isle in the Bahamas. Oh, yes. Columbus. You're back with uh, Julien Letraz, as Chief yes. Village. And yes. uh, yeah, but, so before you tell me about that position you created, what, what were your uh, first impressions of Columbus? Oh, I, I say Turks is my favorite resort, but I think I had my best seasons in the Bahamas. I did a year there. So my first impression was, wow, it's so beautiful. Like the small little club met on a rock. It's It's amazing. Oh, funny story. <laughs> funny story. I, you know, the small little airport, correct? Yes. The smallest airport in the world. Yes. So I get off of the airplane, walk in the airport. I look, you know, to my left on the wall is a picture of me. It's crazy. What? Why is there a picture of me on the, on the wall of the, the airport in the Bahamas? But I realized I took a picture with their bat, their local basketball team that visited Sandpiper to do like a, a team game, the geos versus their basketball team. So anyways, I was, I was like, wow, like I feel very humbled be- <laughs> oh. having my photo at the airport. I thought, I, I thought you were some known smuggler and they were looking out for you. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I thought that's where the story was going. No, okay, it was so. a good, it was a good newspaper uh, title. That's what it was. Well, well, come on. How wild is that? Are you serious? That's wild. That, that was wild. 20, that was 2013 and now we're in 2018. Yeah. Good Lord. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty yeah. incredible. That is pretty cool. And you must have liked the shortest ride from any airport to the village, right? I mean, nothing yeah. gets shorter than Columbus. We used to joke and tell the GMs it's a half hour. And then, you know, a minute later, yeah. we roll in. You know, It was a great bus ride for sure. Okay. Yeah. So I'm chomping at the bit to ask you yes, about this, this. This, this position here. Chief happiness manager. So you, you get this idea. So then you approach the chief of village. Now, if I come, uh, yeah. in, that, if I come in that village as an XGO and I saw that on your badge, or, or if you told me that was what you did, I, I would have watched you like a hawk. This is true. Like, what is this chief happiness manager? <laughs> so before anyone gets any idea, so yeah, for those geos who are, are talking to the older geos that don't know, can you tell me a bit about this? Yes. Uh, a little be- right before I going to the Bahamas was different experience for me because I left Club Med for a little bit and Juju, Julian Latrez asked me to come back as event manager. And I was a little put off. I was, I just, I was like, maybe I need a little bit more time away. And he, he kept calling me back. <laughs> and then I, I was like, you know what? I could do a few months in the Bahamas because he just asked me for one season, one small season. So I just went there with the idea. I'm going to be the animation manager, do the shows and do the parties with him. Cause that he's a very big party and show guy. And we're like brothers. Honestly, we are. I have so much to say about Juju Okay, so we're doing the shows, we're doing the parties, and I feel for one month just this just pour of, you know, re-renaissance, like a re-life, like some new blood inside of me that wanted to do something different in Club Med because I came back with the purpose of just having fun with no responsibilities, but I had this overwhelming responsibility inside of me. I wanted 
to do something. And I knew what I wanted to do because I started seeing all these young GOs and all I wanted to do was give back to the GOs. All I wanted to do is make sure that they're having a good time because it stopped becoming, it stopped being about me and I wanted to do something for the team. So I just played around with the idea back and forth with the, the chief of village because he was, of course, like every chief of village, they want retention. They have a lot of, you know, responsibilities behind the scenes with success rates. So he's always saying, how do we get, you know, the teams that, you know, they want to eat with the guests, they want to do the shows, they want to do the parties. And my response always is, let's just make the team happy. You know, let's have some fun. And I have that great relationship with this chief of village that he is so open to just hear anything I have to say, even if it's something that doesn't sound encouraging to him and or about his village or his vision, I tweak it to just, you know, try to focus on the little guy a little bit more because it's a big task to be with those, uh, uh, those guests that go to Columbus Isle. They are very demanding. So I don't want the, the geo teams to feel such, you know, like, Oh, I got to see the, these guests or, you know, I don't want that feeling. So they have to be looked at as rock stars. And that's all I wanted to do. I wanted to treat the geo, the geo team like with high respect. I wanted to make sure that everybody felt great about what they were doing. So I organized myself, which I normally don't do. I'm not that organized, but I did. I started putting everything on paper and I had a pre presentation for Juju. He looked it over. And he needed a presentation for the office. He needed to do something new for Club Med. I think all the chief of villages had some homework to do. So everybody had their own little homework assignment, like to build something new to make the, their village like, you know, like a one team spirit, you know, with the GEs, the GOs. So I just kind of organized myself and I said, you know, I'll take on this responsibility as chief of happiness role. I know it sounds like rainbows, butterflies, you know, this kind of a joke type of thing where somebody who just parties all the time because it's not an animator. I was an animator. I, I didn't tell you that, but in Sandpiper, I did that for six months was an animator position. Anyways, going back to that uh, chief of happiness, it was somebody who could be a leader. So be an example for the village life between the GOs and the GEs, a liaison. So a link between the managers and their employees. So I was pretty much an assistant to the chief of village. So I can actually have that, not authority, but that kind of respect with the managers where I can be like, okay, I've been meeting with your teams or I've been putting my ear to the ground. This is what I think. You know, so I was that link because a lot of team members may be a little afraid to talk to the chief of village or their personal manager. So I wanted to be that kind of comfort guy, you know? So also it comes with assessing assessing so i determined what the chief of village wanted and how the direction could be for that season so I, all i had to do was lead the team with no stress and then creating the culture you know just that togetherness so i did some team buildings i did parties for the team i did videos that's a huge one uh i should talk about with juju me and juju our big success was doing videos for club meds and that wraps with the geos and the GMs. 
And then ultimately it's just the empowerment. So coaching, counseling, if anybody needed some recognition, we did like team member, like, you know, the geo of the month type of thing, but like more in detail. So there was a, there was a lot to learn from my side and it took me to Turks and Caicos to do that again. And then after COVID, I did it again in Sandpiper. After Sandpiper, I did it again in Turks and Caicos with another chief of village because they needed that kind of person to take a, a lot of that stress from their side because the chief of village now is not a chief of village from long time ago. The chief of villages now, are they have a lot of work to do in the offices. So there needs to be that face of the village for the, the guests, but also for the team. So the team can to, to be led. So. Oh, I know that's a lot of words. Sorry. <laughs> when this uh, position was created, were there did other resorts adopt them of Clubman? Were there other chief happiness managers? Not at all. Just no. okay. So because I see that, yeah, you went to Turks and Caicos. So uh, yeah, Juju, Juju takes you with him. So you're yeah. also, you're you're doing animation and chief happiness manager. Well, you do this. You do the mm. same in Sandpiper too with with uh, Sophie, right? Yeah. Okay. So. With uh, that presentation that he did with all the other chief of villages around, of course, any kind of new idea comes with some pushback, you know, so there's chief of villages, they're perfectly fine being the chief of village and being that chief of happiness for their teams. Some chief of villages need it, but some chief of villages don't have that geo that wants to do it. So it's just, you know, it's just kind of that you need to be the right person at the right time with the right chief of village. That's exactly what it, it came down to. The offices loved it. Uh, Juju loved it because of the scores that we got. It, it was a success, but honestly, not a lot of places need it. And I talked to Hammer in the Miami office, the same thing about this. I was like, I know this is my position, but, you know, this is how I feel. Maybe not everybody needs this position because, you know, this, that, and the other. But it could be very effective for somebody who really needs that for their village. So if there's anybody out there listening and if somebody wants to really make an impact, I, there's, a, there's a good way to do it. You just have to do it the right way. And my way was the no strings attached way. I didn't want any hidden agenda from HR pulling me. It was like I was really, really focused on hearing, listening to the GEs and the GOs. The GEs was very difficult to make happy. I'm not going to lie because it comes down with money. But <laughs> for the GOs, I think I, I really put a dent in people's experience. So hopefully. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. And as I mentioned, you go, you follow Columbus, you go back to Turks for your second time. You go back to Sandpiper again for your second time, then Turks. So now you're with a, a new chief of village. You're with Shira. Yeah. Sure. Uh, then you go to Asia. You finish out with uh, Asia. And your last two seasons, you go to Kabira and Sahoro. So what was Kabira like? Kabira is hot. Oh, was it? Okay. okay <laughs> the <good>. humidity <laughs> is something I've never experienced before. Oh, really? It was so okay. hot. And it rained a lot at the time I, I was there. Oh, God. Um, what was so, your, okay, please tell me what your rainy day program was like. I hated oh, it. My but goodness. What, what did you have going on? You must have worked triple time, right? Oh, it was every day rainy day program and it oh, killed God. me. Oh, God. Yeah, it takes you it know, out of you. <laughs> yeah. And then on top of that, this is they directly after COVID and they just I was oh. the very first uh, international geo to come to Japan oh, after wow. COVID. And okay. there was a lot of pressure. And I, I, you know, everybody had to wear masks. And this is not like the oh, OK, we're doing masks just for, you know, photos or 
for the the look of it, this was dead serious stuff. So I was, it, it was difficult. Um, and then there was no international guests. So it was only Japanese guests. So it was like, it was, it was a different experience that I've had, but it was still fun. <laughs> What's it like doing a marathon crazy science session, a mask and the heat? I could do it. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Like I, I have experienced being a mascot for so many years and putting costumes. Oh, in. I had no true. problem. Yes, and you're right. I don't really sweat too much. And it's funny. Uh, a lot of people always look at me because I do crazy signs like crazy or I do the shows, but I, I don't sweat too much. So I found it okay. And funny thing was, you know, everybody's wearing the typical white mask, you know, and I had to as well. I need to have my glow mask on because that's, I want to be the theme of the night. So everybody has their white mask, but I have my white mask, but I have the black and glow mask over that. So I have double the mask and <laughs> it's not for my health. I was just like, I just wanted to, you know, make the GM smile. You know, I wanted to make them like, oh man, he's really doing the theme tonight, you know, because so, I'm in charge of the theme. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you said, yeah, you earlier, you said that you and uh, Juju are brothers and I'll say it looks like you did five, you know, five villages with him. Correct. Yeah. Yes. And uh, I guess so. And when you were in Kabira, he asked you if you wanted to go to Sahara with him. Exactly. I, I wouldn't have been in Kabira or Sahara if it wasn't for him. I arrived to Kabira before him. So I had to teach him all the Japanese stuff. He's never been to Japan before. But then, yeah, he asked me to go to Sahara because we were doing a great comeback season for Sahara. And right away, the, the office, they're like, we need somebody to open up Sahara because Sahara was closed this whole time for COVID. So they didn't even reopen for like two and a half years or something. They knew I worked in Sahara before. They said, Juju, it looks like you guys would be a good fit to go together. And we did. Yeah. And a lot of the Geo team is not used to that kind of team collaboration with Geo, uh, like a, a Geo manager and the chief of village as like big kids, you know, and that's what we, we are. We're like big kids with the Geo teams. Like we're like, we want to be a family. It's like, we want to be at home. So we want to make sure that they're laughing at us. So we put on costumes and a big thing we do, we, we do videos and just, yeah, just kind of lightheartedness. As long as we're doing professional, responsible, we can still be lighthearted. So that's kind of the theme that we kind of stuck with. I forgot to ask you this when we spoke about your first season in Saharo in 2016 and because we talked about crazy signs. So when I did my year in Asia, the most insane, lovable, funny, crazy signs I've ever seen in my life are Asian crazy signs and they're so different from the North Americans. So were you kind of, and they're funny too, like the movements are all like, I must have busted a gut the first time I saw some Asian crazy signs and I love them and I took them to the American zone. So did you, mm. did you recall when you first went to Saharo, like how different the uh, crazy signs were? Yeah. Yeah, there was a few and a few I, I love doing. And the funny thing was that all a lot of the Asian guests and the GOs, they love the, the North American crazy signs as well, uh, or the European ones. God, I'm afraid, so, to even, I'm afraid to even ask because I'm so out of it. Like, so in 2016, what what are the what were the, uh, I guess, the hot North American like uh, crazy signs? Like, it's probably some I don't even know. Right. Like, uh, you, oh, she bangs is a huge one. They're still doing she bangs. Oh, man, oh. That's one of my go tos. I love doing she really bangs. she bangs is yeah. going to be like YMCA. They're going to keep doing it over. And yeah, over yeah, 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 <laughs> exactly. But yeah, the Japanese ones are cool, man. Uh, there's one that's called Orion beer. I love it. It's so slow and it's like, boom, boom. It's like, but it's so cute. You know, it's just like everybody's like, oh, I come pie. You know, they all drink the beer together. Uh, <laughs> Sakura Rumble. I, I, Moko Yoko. Like, it's just like, 
it's it's fun like you can tell that they get so excited when you play the japanese ones and you're the american on the microphone doing it they're like yeah look and you know it's just like he's like he's they're doing my sign you know <laughs> well, sp well speaking of i guess by after all this time in japan i'm, I'm assuming like what sahoro your last season in 2022 2023 your japanese must have gotten really good right no no <laughs> no, <laughs> not really. You wouldn't no. say you're you wouldn't say you're fluent yet. Not fluent, but I've I picked up some things for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I gotten better, and I've gotten more confident. That's key to do is just be confident. Just to to do the you got to be confident to do the what's it called? Sorry, we can cut this out too. What is it <laughs> called? The uh, accent. Okay. Oh yes. So the accent. yeah. So. It just takes doing the accent. Uh, you have to be confident in doing that because they understand you more if you do the accent. So it's not disrespectful or you're making fun of them. You just sound what they're used to. Right when I do that, they understand immediately. They're like, oh, yeah. So that's the biggest thing. I just got comfortable doing accents and uh, little words and phrases. Yeah. Do you ever meet any uh, celebrities in any of your villages that you recognized? Oh man, celebrities. And like, I don't like that that you knew oh. who, who they were or Yeah, yeah. In Sandpiper, we did a rental village. Rick Springfield did a, a buyout and he got all his fans out there and he did a few concerts throughout the week and really Rick Springfield, Rick, yeah. Rick Springfield bought out like Sandpiper for his fans. Yeah, it was it was incredible, man. That's uh wow, crazy experience. <laughs> wow, General Hospital, yeah. Rick Springfield. Human Touch, Jesse's Girl. Wow, yeah, okay. Jesse's Girl, man. Everybody wanted to listen to Jesse's Girl that week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but please say you made a crazy sign to that lens. <laughs> I, I was, I was a mini that would celebrity. Be, that, would be a, that would be an easy one. I was the mini celebrity that week. That every all of his fans knew who I was by the end of the week because I was the guy on the microphone. Because after his concert, I was like, "Let's party, guys!" You know, we just partied for like five hours straight. And, you know, wow, Sandpiper, that's pretty good. Uh, it was great. Yeah. And then other celebrities, I don't really, man. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure you met some in Asia, but like, again, if you don't know who that Japanese actor is, then, you know, mm. you know, because it, it, it was me with the French too. I wouldn't know who, I wouldn't recognize who Thierry Lermit was, but every other French person knew who that was, you know. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure I, did, I met people. I just don't, uh, my memory's kind of bad. So. Oh, no problem. No problem. Okay. So Lance, after about 10 years, you must've met a lot of people. So I'm just curious. I know you mentioned Juju a lot. Are there any others that you really enjoyed working with? Oh man, honestly, I'm going to feel so bad because I know I'm going to miss out on some people, but I love, that's the reason I love working at Club Med was because of the people, the GOs, the GMs, the GEs, but for sure I need to uh, give big shout outs to, you know, like some some of the people I've been with for a long time, you know. So, like I said, Eric, like uh, we started together, and then funny enough, I, you know, Loic is great. TJ, me, TJ, Loic, Juju, we had such a great time. Sophie, Sophie Valancourt, she is uh, from Montreal. Uh, she is one of the people I was like my sister in Club Med. I loved working with her, and we had so much fun singing together uh harrison sports manager now he's doing lsm and i think he's going to be chief of village very soon love harry and yudi i love yudi uh my asian team out there with rivan nico coco fernando choreographer man there's so many oh and also larry i can't forget about larry i got him i got him hired and uh, he's like one of my brothers from st louis 
man. And then Swan, like we have so many people on my list and then also Melody for sure. So, and my chief of village, I, I, except for Juju, David Mayer, David Mayer was such an inspiration for my first season. He's the one that kind of inspired me to be professional and just keep focused. And he let me be an animator. And then right when I was an animator, I knew what I, my purpose was in club med. And that was just to, you know, make people smile. That was it. So, yeah. yeah it's, it's hard to name everyone. So pl- please mm. don't send Lance angry emails listeners. Okay. He, <laughs> he loves and misses you all. I know that for a fact. <laughs> yeah. I, w- I wanted to ask you next, like you just, you know, we're, you know, we're recording this when we're recording it, you know, sometime in August, 2023, and you just, you know, recently stopped working for club ed but so it, usually my question is is there anything you miss about club ed so is have you had time to think about what you missed or or not yet well yeah Unf- i mean i did leave club med a few times for those breaks and i didn't even know if i was coming back so all of those feelings are mutual between all the geos we all feel that that rush of sensation that we need of that you know that missing of club med uh, of course i miss doing the shows I love doing the shows. I I black out doing the shows because I feel like that's my true self sometimes. It's just, I just feel like I'm energy when I'm just doing the shows or doing the parties, uh, doing characters. I'm just having a good time. So that's what I miss the most. But I think I'm going to start being creative in different ways throughout the future. I miss the team. The The team is the biggest part as well. The, the guests. I mean, it's just... Everything's kind of just falls into place when you work at Club Med. Uh, it's just a big formula of living life and working at the same time. Yeah, you you sound like you don't like you don't have any regrets. Like you would do it all over again, correct? No, I have zero regrets. It's uh, I'm lucky enough to do it, and it became a part of my life. I really tried to fight it at the beginning to be a geo to really give into that life. I just was so focused on always doing something else in the future. I was like, okay, this is not my life, but ultimately it became my life. It is a part of my life. It's a part of my history, a part of who I am. It's going to be my family and friends throughout life. uh, Those club med geos and some GMs. Uh, So I would never regret doing what I did. Well, that's, this has been an incredible so far, but before I let you go, I mean, I know it's hard to, con- you know, condense 10 years into an hour, but I, uh, w- I wouldn't want to let you go unless I, there's something that I haven't asked you or you wanted to say, uh, please, by all means, mm-hmm. uh, tell me if there's something I forgot to ask you. Uh, for me, it's just, you know, a big shout out, big thank you to all the geo team and all the GEs and the GMs and especially the geos who participated and the lifestyle that I try to, you know, like bring to the club meds, which is the shows and the guests that come to see the shows, you know, like some of my favorite shows got to be the music hit show. And then also me and Juju, we, we created this show called Spy Club. We got to do our own type of spinoff using the video screens and really cool dynamics. And then also, I just want to just, you know, just tell all the if there's new geos out there that are listening to this, just uh, be yourself, be confident. And, you know, you came into this world and if you decide to commit, commit and you'll just have the best times of your life and you will actually find success for the future. If you commit and you have a, you know, treat everybody with kindness and respect 
and for all the you know the the ogs out there <laughs> the the geos that came before me i have such great respect for everybody out there trust me when i say your stories do not die when i was doing all my years in club med all i kept hearing from the guests are the stories the names that kept coming up and you guys are a huge part of club med's story and success and i hope you guys find you know some great you know solitude in life and feel like you made a difference in somebody's life because if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have the life I had because there will be no Club Med without the Geos. So thank you, guys. You must have heard some stories, too, I'll bet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a famous quote by Dr. Seuss, and I always likened it to working in Club Med. I just want to see if you agree with it. Are you ready? Yeah. Yeah. So I read this uh, quote once by Dr. Seuss Lance, and I kind of, uh, you know, I kind of made the connection between Club Med, you know, when we leave Club Med, it's hard to leave at first. So I just want to know if you'd agree with the sentiment of this quote. So Dr. Seuss said about anything, really, don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. So would you agree with that sentiment? hundred percent. Yeah. I, I don't get too emotional. Yeah. I kind of look for the future and I kind of already know that things are going to end. So I try to focus on the moment because I know it's not going to last long. So yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's right. You know, whenever I'd walk in Columbus and I, I would, you know, we'd walk from the geo rooms on the path, you know, I'd always tell myself, take it in, take it in, take it in, you know, mm -hmm. this is mm -hmm. not always going to be there. So yeah, I always forced myself to watch that sunset or. Exactly. Know, yeah. Sunrise. No, you're right. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been amazing, Lance. Uh, I want to mm -hmm. thank you so much for uh, sharing your story with us here today. No, thank you, Greg. Honestly, this is, something I never do. I, I never talk about myself. So thank you for getting me out of my shell. <laughs> I know I'm very out there in club med world, but if there's a lot of guests and geos that know me, they know I don't normally talk about myself. I like to show off on the shows, but I, I just, I, I don't know, but this has been very enlightening for me to have this reflection. And when you contacted me before it, it you know, it brought up a lot of memories and emotions and it helped me kind of focus that, you know, I'm like, okay, this is a good kind of ending, but never say never. Club Med always pulls me back in somehow, but no. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're going to get you when it starts snowing, when it starts snowing outside. Yeah. And if you're still in St. Louis, you know, <laughs> expect, expect that call. And please do, yeah, it, for I, all, I do expect, it for all of us. Uh, go back, go back to Turks, Lance. <laughs> ah, I love Turks. Yeah. But uh, thank yeah. you so much. Oh, no, thank you. Ed. And would you like to say goodbye to all, all our listeners and all your friends listening? Yeah, goodbye out there, everybody. Much love, peace, love, and happiness. That's what it's all about. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> well, everyone, that was the one and only Lance Weinhart. And we thank you, sir. And we'll see you all next week with another installment of My First Season. Bye, everyone.